Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. My name is Dosta, and today I'd like to share a story with you. Would you like to hear a story? Story time with Dosta. This story is titled Bob the Brain Cell. And in some ways, well, from one angle, we could call this a psychedelic story. In a nutshell, a psychedelic story is one that is influenced or conjured up under the influence, influenced of, influenced by, influenced within a psychedelic drug. Now, in the cases of this story, I was not under the influence of a psychedelic drug. I was with a friend when this came to me, and we were drinking this strange drink, which comes from the root of a plant. It's called kava drink. And it's not psychedelic. It doesn't produce hallucinations or anything like that. Really, the effect is more like a mild, sort of warm, buzzing feeling. Sort of, sort of akin to alcohol. Sort of like an alcoholic drink, except that it tastes terrible. <laughs> and this drink is popular and mostly available in the Pacific Islands. So, it's a cultural drink and geographically specific. So we were sitting around and we were having this drink and having some conversations and this story came up and he seemed to quite enjoy it and he thinks it's got legs. So I thought I would share it with you here today (laughs) and we'll see how you enjoy it. Are you in the mood for a story? Would you like to hear about Bob the Brain Cell? I am also looking for this to be made into a movie. So if there are any movie producers, directors, writers listening, please get in contact with me. I'd be happy to talk about selling the rights to this. Tim Burton, I'm talking to you. Possibly a Shutter Island style uh, Alice in Wonderland, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street sort of thing. Who was the guy that did Shutter Island? That's one of my favourite films. I've forgotten his name now because all I can think about is Tim Burton and Johnny Depp and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I'm sure the name will come back to me. Oh yes, here it comes now. Martin Scorsese's. He's done a lot of those films that I like. So, Martin, Tim, please get in contact with me. We can talk business. And for the rest of us, we will just have to sit back and enjoy the story. Well, it's not a it's not a written story, so I'm going to be 
informal about it. I haven't typed anything up. I suppose I could type it up sometime, but I thought I'd share just the gist of the story with you here. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And this is the tale of Bob the Brain Cell, as written by Andrew Lake. It's Monday morning, and Bob is making his way through the office corridors. He's a brain cell, and he works in the main main computer headquarters of the brain, and he's got his own office room and his own team to work with, and he wears his suit and his tie. He's got his briefcase full of papers. And he's off to work one morning, walking through the brain. And on his way to his on his way to his desk, he's nodding at his friends, hey Charlie. Hey Poppin. Hey Singa. Everything seems to be normal and under control. It's just another day at the office. Bob sometimes feels a little bit bored at the office. Seems like the same thing over and over again. But it's been quite a time, quite a long time since he's had much excitement in his life. And he's really, really given up his youthful ways. He doesn't want to get into too much trouble. So he does have a job and bills to pay after all. So Bob the brain cell likes to get on with the job and just do his office work quietly and keep to himself. After only a few moments of arriving at his desk on this what would be fateful day, which he doesn't know about yet, of course. Someone comes to the office door and says, Hey, this is this is Jimmy. And it's a brain cell with another brain cell, and he's introducing Jimmy and he's saying, This is his first day. Bob, can you show Jimmy around? He's new here. Of course, Bob says, Well, I guess this is part of my job, so I must do this. No problem. Welcome, Jimmy. This is, well, this is the brain office. Let me show you around. So they set off and they walk around the brain and Bob is pointing things out to Jimmy. He's saying, well, look, here's the gym. Here's the coffee room. Here's the photocopier and the printing machine. And here are some stationary items and extra computer wear. This section's for financing, this section is for businessing, this section is accounting, so here you go. And as they're walking around, Bob notices, well, actually, there are some other brain cells around, which I don't know, which I haven't noticed. One of them, he stops and says, excuse me, are you new here? And he says, yes, yes, I'm new. Is there a problem? And Bob says, well, well, I don't mean to intrude, but have you been shown around? Has someone given you a tour? You see, Jimmy here is my friend. It's his first day. He is also new, and I'm giving him the grand tour. I'm showing him how to settle in and how to make sure things are organized and how things work well. And this new unknown brain cell who is walking around on his first day without someone helping him, says, no, 
There's no one here to show me around. No one was told. No one told me. And so Bob says, "Okay, well, you better come with me. Come with me, and we'll we'll get along our way, and I'll keep showing you around some things." They continue on, and Bob does his best to show things to this new brain cell and Jimmy. But another complication comes along, which is that there are more new brain cells. And by this time, Bob's getting a little bit overwhelmed. He's getting a little bit stressed. It's just a bit hot under the collar. So he decides to take a break and he says to now the few different brain cells that he's collected, he's got this little crowd collected of people following him. And he's been trying to say, hey, look, I'll show you around. You have to make sure you do this. And he's getting a little bit flustered about, oh, what if I have to show them how to do this printer copier and how to move these forms and how to file these papers? And he's getting a little bit overwhelmed, so he decides to, to take a break. And he says, now, everyone, here's the, here's the coffee room. Sit down, take, a, take an intermission, just a brief recess, and we'll come back with some more things to help you with. Now, at this time, Bob decides to go up to one of the main managers. Not the CEO, just, just one of the, the main managers to see if he can get some help and to see what is going on with these, these new brain cells that are happening. Of course, Bob, on his way to this office, eats, meets even more new brain cells. And he's getting very confused and very flustered now. Once he arrives at the office door, the head manager of his department, he knocks, pokes his head in, Yes, Bob, what is it? Come on in, says the manager. And he comes on in and then he realizes that actually there's a meeting going on. And he says, oh, hello, everybody. There's all these brain cells sitting around this table. And they've got their paperwork out and they've got their very formal suits on and their ties. And they're all looking very serious. And and the manager's up the front looking at a whiteboard and pointing and writing notes. And he says, Bob, come on in. You're not interrupting. It's not a problem. We know that there's a lot going on at the moment, and I had a feeling you might need some help today. So of course, Bob is very relieved about this. And he says, well, well, Mr. Manager, I, I, I don't mean to interrupt, and I'm, I'm, very, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very sorry to interru- in, intrude, but today I've noticed there's a lot of brand new brain cells walking around the corridors, and I've been trying to help them. I've been trying to get things happening. I've really been struggling, but I don't know what to do. Can you give me some guidance? I'm glad you came to me, says the manager. Bob, don't worry at all about any of these new brain cells. This is no longer your job. Phew! Bob is totally relieved. What a relaxation. Mr. Manager is going to find someone to take care of all of these new brain cells. He's going to be able to clean up the whole thing and everything will be up and running smoothly again in no time. But then Mr. Manager continues. Bob, I've got a new job for you. It's the Amalakaschafler job. The what? says Bob. It's the Amalakaschafler job. Can you do it? We'll make sure you get the paperwork and Terry here is going to show you how how it's done and we'll file you over into the Kabapal single. Uh, you're going to um, file me in the Kabapal uh, single, says Bob. Yes, of course. 
I'm sure you've heard these terms before in your training, and if you're a little bit rusty, then Terry here will show you how it's done. Um, uh, okay, says Bob. And of course he's feeling very confused about this because he doesn't know what these babble terms mean. He doesn't know what these words are. And he's a little bit skeptical because he's looking at Terry, seeing how you're going to help me. There's a hope in his eyes. Uh, is this guy Terry? Does he know what's going on? And by the looks on Terry's face, he doesn't know what's going on either. But the manager keeps insisting that this is an important job. This must be done. This is a top priority. And it's got all sorts of different departments involved and paperwork and different people. So it's quite an elaborate, complex, important job to get done. So Bob mumbles something to himself about how confused he is. And the manager doesn't really seem to care Bob is not understanding what's happening and what's going on. So he decides to ask Terry to go with him and to leave the room so at least then Bob can ask Terry, well, what exactly is going on? So they get up, and they thank the Mr. Manager, and they head out back down the corridor to towards Bob's office. You know what's going on today? Says Bob to Terry. Terry looks at him and says, I have no idea. I just have to pretend that I know what's going on when really I am completely confused about all these different things. I don't know what Mr. Manager is thinking today. Well, at least you're not the only one, says Bob. And at least I'm not the only one that's confused, says Bob. And they keep walking through the corridors, which now has hundreds and hundreds of new brain cells. It's becoming more and more busy and more and more cluttered. They make their way to Bob's office and they cram their way in and they open up the paperwork and the instructions and the outline, the, 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 what do you say, like the, what do you call when you have a like the itinerary for the the project or the project description or the project forward the preface for the project i don't know office terms so if you work in an office then you'll know what i mean but basically it's the the information they need for the office is in this paper and they open it up and all of it is gibberish they have no idea what any of the words mean and terry and bob are just looking at each other thinking, can you understand any of this? And they're wondering, what are we going to do? We can't go back to Mr. Manager. We can't find anyone else to help us because we're the ones meant to do it. We can't give it to anyone else to do because the only people below us in the hierarchy are all these new brain cells and no one has a clue what's going on because it's their first day. They're all running around so confused. So... They're quite overwhelmed and they're running out of options and the lunch bell goes. Oh, saved by the lunch bell. This is just, uh, at least I can have some lunch, go to the cafeteria and just think things through, clear my head. I just need to clear my head and clean my thoughts out, says Bob. He says to Terry, I'll meet you back here after lunch and and he heads off to the cafeteria. Now, when he gets to the cafeteria, 
it is packed. He has never seen something so crazy. There are people having parties. There are people putting up balloons. There are people drinking. There are people doing all sorts of things. And he gets to the to the buffet, to the cafeteria bar, and, the, and he's shuffling his plate along, trying to get his food and bumping into these people all over the place. And he finally gets to the, the, the end of the line and the, the lady is there to charge him for his, his cafeteria food. And he says, says to her, what's going on today? What has happened? This place is out of control. This is nothing like an office. Who would have ever imagined an office could be so crazy at 12.30 in the day? And the lady says, oh, yes, that's my fault. And he goes, what? It's your fault? She goes, yes, yes, it's all my fault because I work in the cafeteria. We made the food today. There's something put in the food. And he says, what? What did you put in the food? Did everybody eat it? Did something happen? Have you poisoned the food? Has something gone wrong with the food? Is this why everything's out of control? She says, yes, of course. We served mushrooms. 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 Bob looks down at his plate to see if there's any mushrooms, but he can't see any. Mushrooms? What are you talking about, mushrooms? You've never served mushrooms. And also, no, not everyone was even here for breakfast, so that doesn't explain it. It doesn't add up. Are you sure you served mushrooms? Oh, yes, this problem is definitely mushrooms. I've seen it before. All these new brain cells, all this partying, all these crazy new elaborate stories and all these giant projects. I've seen it before, Mr. Bob. I've seen it before. This is definitely mushrooms. Well, well, you're just crazy. You're not making any sense, says Bob to himself. So he goes and finds a table to eat his lunch and he sits down and he has to squeeze between two other brain cells. And this time there are more and more brain cells coming in, going in, cramming in, and he's feeling squashed. He's feeling pushed up. Some people are starting to stand on the tables. Some people are starting to push all over the place. Some people are sitting in mountains and balls. There's just, there's just bodies everywhere, and they're all merging. And Bob is starting to become suffocated. He's starting to get stuck. And this is his, oh, this is so uncomfortable. He just wants to get out of there. He can't even finish his food. The whole place is a mess. He's all sweaty. And there's still people trying to have a party. There's still people putting up balloons and streamers and drinking. Oh, this is such, this is turning into a nightmare. What on earth is going on? Oh, Suddenly, Bob decides he's going to squeeze his eyes, close himself up, and just give up. And he curls up into a ball, and he's mangled into a pile of brain cells, and then something happens. Pop. Bob the brain cell wakes up in a totally different place. He's been transported out of the cafeteria 
and somehow into a whole nother world. He can hear the sound of seagulls. He can hear the sound of waves. He feels a rocking in his body. And he smells fresh, salty sea air. He opens his eyes. Everything's bright and sunny. He can't see because his eyes are so dazzled. He's looking around and, oh, he stands up and he realizes he's on a ship. He comes to and he's wobbling a little bit. And then someone comes over to him and, and says, oh, are you okay there, mate? About time you came to. You've been out for hours. Bob's so disorientated. He's so confused. What's going on? What's going around? I don't really see. Where am I? What is this place? And he says, well, this is, this is the journey. This is our ship. We're on the journey. And he says, where are all the brain cells? And this man says, brain cells. There are no brain cells down here. No brains and no brain cells. Everyone on this ship, we're semen. Bob looks at him and says, semen, you're not brain cells. He says, this semen, this man, this sailor says, well, yes, but what are you? Are you not a semen? And he says, no, I'm a brain cell. My name is Bob the brain cell. I need to get back to the office. I've got important work to do. I've got jobs to clean up. And when I left, the whole place was going crazy. I need to make sure everything's getting sorted. Don't you realize I need to get back there? This is where I belong. Well, says the sailor, there's only one way off this ship. And there's only one place it's going to. So I suggest you do like all the rest of us do and you just wait until we get there. Well, where are we going? says Bob the Brain Cell. Well, I can't tell you that, says the sailor. And to be honest, nobody really knows, says the sailor. But there is this rumour, or there is this legend that we've heard, which is that only one of us will survive. Bob is sitting there like squinty-eyed looking at this sailor, thinking, this is so strange. We're on a ship, and he doesn't know where it's going, but somehow he's got the mysteriousness, or the, the nerve, or the, the, the serious, like, storinessness to, to say that only one of us will survive. Why, why is he so foreboding? Why is he so much of a doomsday? I, uh, Bob is just overwhelmed and confused. So he settles down a little bit. And he learns how to walk and adjust to the swaying of the ship so his legs can not be so wobbly and he doesn't get so much seasick. And he goes down deck to meet some of the other seamen and makes friends with a few of them and tells them of his story and tells tales of the brain and what it's like to work in an office 
And of course, they're all very much admired of Bob, and they all really like him, and they think he's very strange and different himself, because he's from a different land, he's from a different place. And they all want to know all sorts of things about the brain, and how it works, and what, what happens there, and what other brain cells are like. Are all brain cells like you? Bob says some of them. So he learns to adjust, and after some time, Bob seems to feel like he could live as a seaman. And being a brain cell was interesting enough, but this is a different life for him. And he grows more comfortable with the routines of ship life and sailing and what it's like to be on the ocean. And he makes friends with all the people on board and he learns all about the ways of the legends of the place they think they're going and all the rumours of what it's like and why people think that there's only going to be one survivor and all these sorts of strange things. But none of them really make sense. They only really ever go as far as urban myths or long-lost legends. And like everyone on the ship, Bob just makes peace with not knowing, with not understanding. And as the story would have it, as fate would turn, you know that there's always another complication coming. And Bob is never really settled long enough until something comes along and shakes up his world. And of course, when you're on the sailing ship and you're at sea, the biggest problem is storms. It's a big storm one night. This is the big wake-up that's coming for everyone on board. Because there's a big big thunder and a big lightning and big, big things, lots of big things happening. And the whole place is being thrown around. And somehow all the crew are there trying to tie things down and get the sails happening and keep the water off from sinking the ship. And they're all flowing around and bluggling around and jiggling back and forth. And in the middle of this storm, in this, this chaos, all that's going on, the captain comes out of his cabin. And when he comes out in the middle of the storm, everyone's alarmed because the captain almost never comes out of his cabin. The captain is always in there keeping to himself, making plans, making sure things run smoothly. And of course, in the middle of a storm, it's important to keep the captain safe. So for the captain to come out of the cabin under his own guise in the middle of a storm, it put everyone on a whole new level of alertness, of edge, of worry. And he walked out into the middle of the deck, in the middle of that storm, and he called out to his crew and he said, everybody, this is it. This is the moment when we reach our destination. The whole crew scream and yell and groan and moan and double their efforts to work the ship, work the sails, work the ropes, throw the water overboard. This is the storm that will bring them to their final destination. The waves crash and the hull cracks and the ship breaks apart with a terrific smash of lightning from the sky. 
everyone falls over the board and all the seamen are swimming. And they're all swimming and somehow they all knew that only one of them was going to make it. And Bob remembered the legend and he knew that only one of us was going to make it. So he swam and he swam and he swam as fast as he could. Through the waves, through the water, through coral and reefs and fish and all sorts of creatures, he swam. As fast as he could, he just swam and swam and swam. And after many hours of exhaustion and work, the water started to clear. And in the distance, he could see an island. Once he set eyes on the island, he plucked up the last of his energy to make his way through the waves, through the ocean, up onto the shore. The light sound of waves on the beach calmed Bob's ears as he splotted and clappered and coughed to finally put his feet back on solid ground. He looked around, rubbing his eyes to see that the weather was warm. He'd arrived on a beautiful tropical island. Wow, what a place to end up. He looked around to see if there were any other seamen. He wondered if any bodies would have washed up on shore from ones that had drowned. But no one was there. He was the only survivor. Oh. So what is he to do? He's found himself on this tropical island. And he's the only survivor, as the legend had told. And this is his place. He's got no hope of getting back to the brain. He's got no idea of how he's going to find his way back to the office. It already seems like many lifetimes ago. And the story does continue. There is more to tell of this tale. Because what happens is Bob ends up meeting a significant other on this island. And she, after many back and forth and many strange encounters, ends up becoming his wife. And they work out how to make more brain cells. And they make not just brain cells, but other kinds of cells. And they build it up and they turn it into a community. And after many years and much anguish and work and change, there's not only a community, but there's a, a town and a city and it turns into a, a little bit of a civilization there on that island and they colonize the whole thing and revolutionize it and change it and then they learn how to make transportation items and of course Bob has always got it in the back of his mind, in the, in, in the secret parts of his brain, that he wants to get back to the brain. So it takes many, many years, many years for the civilization to get the technology of transportation enough for Bob to make it back to the brain cells, back to the brain, back to his office. And 
And that's really the round trip. That's what happens. So it's a happy ending. And it's a round trip. And Bob has lots of stories to tell. Lots of adventures to share. And he has many ups and downs. And of course, this the, the whole story of what life is like on the island and how he gets from those first few steps of swimming off the ship onto the shore and then going from there to the point where his colonization or his civilization is ready enough for him to go back to the brain office. That That's quite a story. There's a lot of ins and outs there. And there's also a lot of drama between him and his wife and how they raise the kids and how they decide to raise the kids and what happens with what what they do and their ch- choice of career and how many they have. And, and of course, it's not like kids where... When we when we think about kids and we think of a family and wife, we think of it like you know you have five or six kids at most, or anywhere between two and 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 eight kids, depending on you know. Humans don't usually have lots of kids, but with Bob the brain cell, it's more like an ant. His wife is the queen ant, and she's making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of ants. And ants are crawling all over this island, and there's worker ants and lots of gathering ants and these soldier ants and these sorts of things so it's it's not what you think it's not how you how you envision it and there's still a lot of details that i don't know in this story and who knows maybe we can polish it off sometime maybe i'll tell this story again and there'll be more chapters to it there'll be more details to it so the very end of the story is when bob gets into a spaceship and he launches off the island and goes back to the brain. And he walks in to the brain wearing his spacesuit after having crashed his rocket straight through the skull and exploded everything. And the whole thing is just this chaotic coming home and of course all the brain cells remember bob and they all celebrate and cheer and they all say wow it's been so long we never thought you would come back we never thought you could make it and of course that's how bob knows he's in the right brain because there is some things about there's this whole thing about is he in the right brain or not and he doesn't know his coordinates and his navigation system goes wrong so there's there's a whole lot of space travel things going wrong there as well and that's a journey in and of itself but The main thing I want to say is that it ends with a happy ending and everyone's glad to have Bob back and he meets Terry, he meets with Jim, he meets with his manager and he sits down and they all have a cup of tea in the cafeteria and they meet, they also meet the cafeteria lady and she's laughing also about how that time she served mushrooms to everyone. And, and they're all sitting around laughing about how the, that day when, when these things happened and everything went wrong and there were all these new brain cells and there were all these gibberish tasks to do in these things. And they're all having a big laugh about it. And it's a big joke that they could live through it and it's their childhood. It's their childhood memories and it's, they're very fond about it. They're very happy about it these things that happen to them 
And they're so surprised at how worried they were back then and how funny it is to laugh about them now. And they really have a good laugh. Bob really does know how to laugh because he's Bob the brain cell. And he's not too serious. I mean, he's, he's Bob. He's Bob the brain cell. He worries too much when he's a kid, but now that he's older, he's, he's learnt from this journey. He's learnt from this trip that he's been on how to be a, a, a light-hearted brain cell and how to share his stories with other brain cells. And, of course, they're open to having the stories told to them. So that's the story of Bob the Brain Cell. I hope you've enjoyed it. Story time with Dosta. Do you like stories? Do you like listening to people tell tales? I like telling stories. It's a little bit different to what we normally talk about here, but we can make things different. We can try different things. We're all just trying things. So, yeah. Thanks very much for joining me. And I'll leave a few moments of silence at the end, as always, for you to just come back to being quiet. And this has been the tale of Bob the Brain Cell. And that's all I have to say for now.